Well, do take a Bible or look on your device and find Mark chapter 4, please. We're going to continue looking at this wonderful gospel. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to pick it up at verse 22. I mean 21. I, I broke a contact lens this week, so I am down one eye. So... <laughs> So bear with me at times, please. Thank you. And Jesus said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what they have will be taken away. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself First the blade, then the ear, then the, full then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And Jesus said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make their nests in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. Let's pray together. Our Father, we do not have the Lord Jesus with us in person, but we have your Holy Spirit with us. And we pray that he would explain in our hearts what we're reading. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's easy to get discouraged as a Christian, I find. I don't know about you, if you call yourself a Christian. Easy to get discouraged as a church sometimes. Wouldn't we love to see so many more people interested in this message we have of the Lord Jesus and his great power and love to save? We'd love to see the church growing, people being converted and baptized and joining us. 
And we have bright moments occasionally. Last night, some of us, uh, I, where's Samuel? He's, I've lost him. Uh, there he is. Uh, we had a great evening with Samuel. Um, it was wonderful to see loads of people I suddenly didn't recognize. Uh, that is a real encouragement. But the reality is that not many of our friends or family are interested in what we believe. And as a church, we discover that not many are converted each year, if you are honest about it. Very few are baptized. It's easy to get discouraged. And of course, then there are people leaving us, all for good reason, like Josh and Alice today. And each summer, a batch of people leave. This last summer, we lost about six or seven families. Good reasons in, in most cases, like going back to the States after a, a term of service here with the company. And then, of course, there's the elephant in the room, the whole COVID thing. And the church, and every church around the world, I guess, almost without exception, struggling to return to pre-COVID numbers and pre-COVID people and pre-COVID giving. I was at a conference in Blackpool this week of uh, our network of churches, the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. There were 900 of us here, at, at the, rather, at the conference, and um, we're over 600 churches now, and most of them have seen a drop in income. And then there's our impact on the world outside. We seem to have a negligible impact. And yet, we are told, Mark 4, verse 11, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. And Jesus explains, as we saw last time, that this is an open secret. It's a secret to share, not to keep secret. It's, if you like, like a children's treasure hunt where, where things are hidden, but the purpose of them being hidden is so that they may be found, not so that no one would ever find them, unless you're a particularly nasty parent. Um, but generally speaking, the idea is that they be found. And so this is a secret to be found, to be shared. But again, as we saw from the parable of the sower, when, when people are told the secret, their responses, responses are varied. Listening matters. How we listen, even how we're listening now, actually matters. But not everyone is listening. Now, interestingly, at this stage in Mark's gospel, we're not yet fully clear on the nature of God's kingdom. We know it's, it's come, it's at hand, it's right here, says Jesus. We know it's great news, that's clear from chapter 1, verse 15. We know it's breaking news, but we need to keep reading to really understand what this kingdom is about. And at this stage, readers of Mark's gospel might be forgiven for asking as they several decades on from when Jesus was on earth, say, why isn't it clearer what this kingdom is about? Why, why isn't it more obvious? Why isn't it bigger if it's the truth, if it's the kingdom of God, if this really is great news about God's kingdom? And through Mark, Jesus tells us two things that I think will help us when we face those kind of questions and maybe a measure of discouragement Number one, what is hidden will be revealed. What is hidden will be 
revealed. Back to verse 21. Jesus said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Of course not, is the, is the answer. For, and here's the reason, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. It's like that treasure hunt. It's to be found. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. The secret of the kingdom is the truth about Jesus as the king. That's what you discover as you go through Mark's gospel, that the kingdom of God has Jesus as the king, and it leads through a very unusual and unexpected path, as we'll think in a moment. Now, I don't know when you last bought a new lamp, but you, when you got home, I bet you didn't stick it under the bed. It's so blindingly obvious. It's a very simple illustration, isn't it, Jesus? You don't stick a bucket on top of your new bedside lamp um, so that you can't see it. No, of course not. Now, what is this lamp that Jesus is referring to? Well, there are lots of actually suggestions if you read the commentaries. I think the best candidate is, is that it's simply talking about the message of the kingdom because that's what Jesus has been saying has been revealed to them, the secret of the kingdom. It's been revealed. What is the kingdom of, of God about? It's about Jesus, the kingship of Jesus. And the surprising thing as you read through the gospel is you discover he's come as king to give his life as a ransom, a ransom for many to set them free from slavery to sin and death and judgment. And it's a shocking message for those from a Jewish background who are expecting a, a majestic king. It's a shocking message to those from a Gentile background who don't expect kings to suffer and die. That's not in the script. And Jesus seems anything but a king. He's going to be hounded to his death. And we already know from chapter 3, verse 6, that the plot to destroy him is in place. And this message of the kingship and sacrifice of Jesus is a message that is only going to be accepted initially by a handful of people in a tiny backwater on the edge of an ancient empire a couple of thousand years ago. And yet, verse 22, Jesus says, it may seem hidden now, but I tell you, it's going to be revealed across the world, this message. Indeed, proclaimed throughout the universe at the end of time. Every eye will see Jesus in his glory. Every single person you pass on the street, every single person in your road, on the train, on the bus, in the school, they're all going to see Jesus in his glory one day. And what is more, they will bow the knee to him. Whether it's willingly or unwillingly, they will bow the knee. So every person you meet and lay your eyes on, that person is going to see Jesus in his glory and is going to bow before him. As well as the so-called greats of this world, the Putins of this world, the Trumps of this world, they're going to be there on their knees before Jesus. I say, I don't see that yet. No, but you will. Just you wait. Well, you say, I'm, I'm sort of encouraged by that. You lifted my spirits just a little, um, but it's still very slow business, isn't it? This message of spreading the news about Jesus. So little to show for our labors. And it's so small. 
so few people in my road, in my office, in my company, in my school accept its truth. We are a tiny minority. And this is where Mark records a couple of Jesus' parables to encourage us that secondly, and this is our second main point, that what is slow and small will be huge. Verses 26 to 32. And Mark records for us two of Jesus' parables. The first is unique to Mark. The second is found in other Gospels. Here's the first one, verses 26 to 29. It's this, that the seed is growing. The seed is growing. Just wait, and then you'll see. So verse 26, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So here's the sowing of the seed, the seed of God's word. Presumably, if you think about the previous parable, the person who scattered the seed sleeps and rises night and day, verse 27, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. Literally, automatic is the earth. That's what it literally says. It just grows by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, this is not an encouragement to farmers to be lazy. No, the farmer has done his bit. He's sown the seed, verse 26. But, verse 27, he just gets some of his life. He goes to sleep, has a good night's sleep, gets up, does his work for the day, but the seed is growing, but it's not down to his efforts. That's, I think, what Jesus is trying to say. And the farmer actually doesn't know how it works, but he knows it does. But it's working by itself, verse 28. And yet at the end of the day, there will be a harvest. But it takes time. That's why I think Jesus in the story talks about, verse 28, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain. You have to wait for each stage of the process. And only when the grain is ripe will harvesting take place. It takes time, but rest assured the seed is growing. So one of the things we've tried to do as a church this autumn is Life 22, to put on events which are an attempt to sow the seed. So Samuel was asked last night how he became a Christian, and even apart from that, he was trying to explain about God's grace woven in through his songs and as he was interviewed and, and talking about those things in the hope that those there would hear something of the good news of Jesus, that it's not about our performance. It's about what God has done for us in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news. And so we sow the seed, we scatter the seed. But what are the results? What has happened from last night? How will we know if anyone responded? It's going to take time. And we ourselves may never know. Someone might go off to the other side of the world and years later hear again the message and think, that's what I heard Samuel say back in London in 2022. Yes, 
Now I believe it. It's in the Lord's hand. It's not something we have control over, and it takes a long time in most cases. But the seed is growing. We just need to wait. And the second parable assures us that the results will be huge. Verses 30 to 32. With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it, it, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make their nest in its shade. Now the mustard seed was proverbially small. Like we have sayings, every language has sayings, I think. That are, what do we say in English? As small as a pinhead. Is that the right phrase? Looking to Ivan, he's the English teacher. Sounds good, thank you. What do you say? As small as a. Any other suggestions? Grain of sand. A grain of sand. Grain of sand, yeah. I'm sure there are others, I don't know, different languages. Discovered yesterday, Samuel speaks five, so he probably. No, we won't ask you to give five examples from five different languages, Samuel, tempted as I am. Um, so different languages have this way, and, it, and in Jewish language, in Hebrew language, the way of describing something as small was as small as a mustard seed. So don't get into those people who say, well, I think there were smaller seeds. Well, yeah, there are smaller things than a pinhead and a grain of sand. That's not the point. It's a proverbial saying, saying something's really, really small. And the thing about a mustard seed was that you planted it and it grew right out of proportion to the size of the seed. It grew into a big bush, um, two or three meters tall if they did well, and birds could easily take shelter under them and even nest in them. That's the point that Jesus is making. It grows from a tiny seed into a sizable bush. Small beginnings big results. And Jesus' message about his kingship, which led through suffering and rejection to the most shameful, humiliating, and excruciating death, that was just accepted initially by a handful of people only. I mean, think about it in these terms. Jesus' ministry lasted two or three years from when he went public in his ministry to when he was crucified. And he was, here was a man, Mark has already told us this, here was a man who taught like no one had ever taught. They thought, this is amazing teaching. This was someone who could cast out demons without any battle. He just had authority over them and cast them out. He did miracles, wonders, and signs. He healed people of the biggest things, not just a sore back or a sore toe, but of he, if someone had a withered hand, half an arm, he would restore it in an instant, completely. No questions about it. He had amazing power. And then, of course, capped with the extraordinary miracle of the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So, how many people? He, he was listened to by thousands at a time. Luke records that for us. So, how many people, when he, he'd been crucified and rose again, how, how big do you think the church was? How many people were in the church? 
Well, you say, is that a rhetorical question or are you asking for an answer? Well, think about it. Do you, do you know the Acts of the Apostle? Do you know chapter one of Acts, which is the story of the development of the church and the spread of the message? How many were gathered in that room? Yeah, I heard the right answer there. 120. They could easily fit on this level, the lower level of this auditorium, the entire fruit of Jesus extraordinary ministry of two and a half, three years, 120. And I don't know about you, but I'm tempted to say, is that all? And then, of course, seven weeks after Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit is poured out, Peter preaches, and there's exponential growth. In one day, 3,000 are added to the church. So from 120, the church goes to 3,120. That is amazing. But that was almost unique. Jesus talked about how you will be persecuted. They will kill you and think they're doing a service to God by killing you. At times, Christians were persecuted almost out of existence. Where was the Bible Belt in Jesus in the first century? It was in Turkey. What happened to the church in Turkey? Virtually obliterated. That's what happened in history. And in so many parts of the world today, the Christian church is a despised and tiny minority. I know there are exceptions in the USA and China. They've got a lot of Christians. But I, I would suggest to you that's the exception, that the rule is not many. And yet that picture we read, or the picture in the, in the parable of the mustard seed, of, a, of, a, of birds coming and nesting in their branches. Do you remember the reading from Ezekiel, how the birds would come and nest in the branches? And Ezekiel later, and given the references on the, on the screen there, that I haven't got time to look at them, but 31.6 talks about the nations coming. It talks about the empire of Assyria being like a huge tree and the birds coming to nest under it and find shelter and the nations being represented by the birds. So maybe this is an illusion by Jesus in this story of the, the large branches, the birds of the air making their nest. Actually, the church is going to grow hugely, and people from every tribe and tongue and nation and language are going to come and take shelter in this new empire, the kingdom of God with Jesus as the king. But the reality is, most people don't accept it. It's hard. I was listening this week to um, a clip from the Christian Institute based up in Newcastle. An interview with David Campanali. I don't know how many of you know that name. He was a BBC reporter until very recently. Uh, he's the Lib Dem candidate for the constituency of Sutton and Cheam. He's a Christian believer. He's now being seriously harassed for his Christian beliefs. They're attempting to deselect him. Why? simply because of his Christian beliefs, his views on matters like abortion and euthanasia. That is all. One person said to him, you have no right to a conscience. Extraordinary. And how are we to respond? Well, come back to chapter 4 of Mark 24. I mean 25. No, I mean 24. It's the lenses. Jesus said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. 
But to the one who has more, sorry, for to the one who has more, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, which seems very unfair at first reading. But the point is this. It's an invitation to take as big a measure as you can when you listen to the teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine a farmer who, who farms apples, has got orchards, and he decided, decides one autumn that um, he's got far too many apples. So he says, come, anyone around, please come and help yourself to as many apples as you want. Really? Now, if you love apples, what are you going to do? Take a tiny little basket. No, you're going to take a trailer. You're going to say, oh, great, I'll have lots. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you bring a big measure, you'll get a big amount. That's the point Jesus is making. It's a challenge to open our hearts and minds, isn't it, to the truth of what we're being taught about Jesus and his authority and kingship. I don't know where you are with this. But in the end, what, what Mark is reminding us is that we will gain eternal life, life in the kingdom, life under Jesus' kingship, consummated in the perfect world to come. That's going to be ours if we will open up our measure, as it were, and say, Lord, give me more. I want this. But it's also a warning, isn't it? A warning that if we shut our ears to Jesus and his teaching and authority and kingship, we will shrivel to a shadow of ourselves, and in the end, we will lose everything forever. It's a powerful message. So few seem to accept it. Very easy to become discouraged. Such slow work, such small things happening. And Jesus tells us, well, it, sure, it may seem that way, but just you wait. What is slow and small will come to a huge climax as the harvest of the sowing of the message about King Jesus is gathered in. For what is hidden will be revealed, and the whole of humanity will see the glory and majesty of the Lord Jesus. And our eternal destiny will be determined by whether we had ears to hear. Just you wait. Let's pray. Father, please help us to pay careful attention to what we're hearing. And would you bring a harvest, not just in the lives of us here listening now, but in the lives of many with whom we share the secret of the kingdom of God, that Jesus is the king who died for us. We pray in his name. Amen.